0: Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music, The Bed of Life. I am so excited tonight. I am having probably one of the best birthday gifts I could ask for tonight. I am sitting here with Mark Lethierry. He's a five-time Grammy Award winning guitarist, composer, producer, and instructor based in Fort Worth, Texas. He creates acclaimed guitar-based instrumental music and is a member of leading instrumental bands Snarky Puppy and the Fearless Flyers. As a session musician proficient in a multitude of styles, he's recorded and performed in virtually every genre of popular music with both independent and major label artists. Now, I could go on and on and on and on about his creds, but let's just talk to him and find out what's going on, because usually, uh, like I told him when I first met him, I'm not normally starstruck, but I don't know why, but this guy makes me starstruck. So let's get on with it. Mark, how you doing tonight?
1: Uh, I'm well, Tony, and happy birthday, man. Oh, thank you. Thank That's you so right. much.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely appreciating this. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Good to good to be here. Yeah.
0: So jumping right into it, I I started this podcast called music the bed of life because to me it's something that um i can't live without music and it just got me to thinking everywhere you go no matter where you are no matter what you're doing music will find your ears so i want to know if we take it back to you know, as far as you could remember, when was the first time you actually heard music? Not necessarily
1: mm. paid attention to it, but when you think
0: you heard it.
1: Right. Oof. I mean, I, was, I would have been three or something, you know, something like that. I, in fact, now that you say that, the picture comes to mind of myself, my dad, and my grandpa dancing around in the kitchen to heard it through the grapevine nice playing on a cassette a handheld cassette player and i think in the picture we're all wearing sunglasses (laughs) i think i was probably in a you know in my underpants or something (laughs) (laughs) and uh but that's one of my earliest memories of music was you know from my family and just having music around in the house or music in the car while we were going somewhere and Thankfully, uh, my parents had great taste in music. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like Marvin Gaye and heard it Through the Grapevine and all that great Motown music and and, and rock and roll from the fifties and the sixties and early seventies and things like that. So that that's what was in the house growing up. And then, you know, I guess I was so I would have been this was this was this was the eighties for mm. me when I was a little kid, you okay. know, four, five, six. Um, so there was a little bit of eighties music going in through the house. I remember the uh the Top Gun soundtrack being mm-hmm. on heavy rotation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you listen to Miami <laughs> oh, Vice? I, I, we didn't really or watch what, did? Miami Vice. No. Uh, yeah, we were a Magnum PI household. Oh yeah, that was good. And my too. dad was a huge Magnum fan. Well, he still is. <laughs> uh, so, that that was that was my earliest memories of music, um, and uh, you know, the guitar thing just kind of happened organically. I think. Um, there, there was always a guitar in the house. Uh, my dad has one. He's had an old acoustic forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I used to kind of mess around on that and, um, eventually kind of started discovering music on my own, you know, listening to the radio and, and like the modern rock stations of, you know, the mid nineties, which was kind of when I was learning guitar. Um, and so it all kind of came together, me learning guitar, me listening to this guitar music that I'm hearing on the radio. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of all snowballed yeah. from there i think
0: well that was going <clears> to <throat> kind of be one of my uh, next questions cuz you you say this was when you were young so did you get music in school were you formally educated like for me i started in the 4th grade on song flute mm. and from there we picked our instrument that we wanted to play when it came to 5th grade and you know i picked up the yeah. flute and and that was it. I've, I've been playing that ever since. So.
1: Right. Well, I mean, there was there was music in in our schools, thankfully. Um, but I mean, obviously, there wasn't guitar. But like early on, you know, third, fourth, fifth, fifth grade, like there was concert band. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there, yeah, kids took flute or saxophone or something like that. Um, I was more into sports. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of my thing. Um, and so when I did start learning guitar, you know, at about like twelve. Um, it was mostly just like private instruction or learning on my own, um, or just jamming with friends kind of thing. Um, I had some great private teachers, um, as a kid, you know, just who would come over to the house or I'd go to their house, just like you would any sort of, uh, independent guitar guitar teacher. Um, but I got real serious about it in high school. Um, and that's when I found a teacher that could teach me theory and modes and and proper ways of doing things <laughs> oh, why, what grade but was that uh, the, I was probably fourteen I think when i started fourteen, and I, what's that yeah like? so I was like a freshman freshman in high school, yeah, I think I just started my freshman year well actually yeah I think I, you know I think I started with my teacher was named Gordon Kahn, and he i guess it was probably fifteen fourteen to seventeen maybe fifteen to seventeen something like that mm-hmm kind of the meat of my high school years was, was studying with him. <clears throat> uh, and it was great. I mean, it was really, really informative and helpful. And, um, I didn't go to college for music mm-hmm. though. I went for advertising and public relations actually. <laughs> no, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get so, it. <laughs> um, but you know, the music was always with me and I, I sought out, uh, different mentors and people to learn from and, and took a little bit of jazz guitar, in college as like an elective. So mm-hmm. it wasn't part of my coursework, but it was just for some like extra credit hours. Uh, and that was great. I studied with the, this guy named Tom Burchill, who was a fantastic straight ahead jazz guitar player, um, who actually didn't really teach me straight ahead jazz. Cause I didn't want to learn straight ahead jazz. <laughs> I just wanted to learn sort of the essence of jazz harmony and some new chords and some new ways of harmonizing things and figuring out melodies and stuff like that. So it was really helpful in that regard. Um, and that, you know, he never tried to make me a, a bebop guy. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Not that there would have been anything wrong with that, but I think he knew that that wasn't really my calling. So how did you know that? Is
0: that just because that was what you were listening to during those times?
1: I mean, I was listening to straight ahead. jazz. I mean, I, I I wore out this George Benson record (laughs) that I had. I mean, it was, it was one of the early ones, um, Wow, called George Benson's cookbook, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's serious, great Bebop and a lot of you know, rhythm changes and, and jazz blues kind of stuff. And I t- you know, I tried my hand at it and you know, was went down that path for a minute, but um you know, that you you just kinda like understand what it is that makes you you and mm-hmm. you, you try to focus on the things that you really feel are your strengths. Right. You know. Um, and so I, I think for me there were, you know, jazz was kind of a, I don't want to say a weakness, but I knew it was something that was going to take a lot of time to develop. So I chose to develop it a little bit, but then work on my strengths, which were just other things.
0: (laughs) So I, you, you, as a younger kid started learning modes and and modal scales, I'm assuming to go with that. Yeah. Um, I had a friend of mine, I'm gonna give him a shout out right now, CT groove, I remember in the day back when we were playing in our little high school band, uh, four nights a week in a bar. Uh, yeah, and he went to uh, Cranberg, Cranbrook, Cranbrook, uh, a school in Michigan, and he learned modes and and he started coming back trying to teach us all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get it then; wish I had. <laughs> but I just I just remember that he was playing well beyond his his age. So I'm assuming that helped you out in everything you're doing.
1: Is that true? And you know, in I do enough jazz oriented stuff to get myself in trouble, you know, so having <laughs> <laughs> having a, a a working knowledge of of modes mm-hmm. and and general theory of course is, has helped me out mm-hmm. tremendously. Um, you know, as a player, as a session player. I mean, simple stuff is like, well, here's some chords. Take a solo. What right. you know? Some people don't know what to do <laughs> right. over those five chords or whatever. So, um, I'm really thankful for that. And and you know, every now and then I'll kind of poke at it and try to develop a little bit more theory knowledge because um, you can never have too much. No,
0: know. and you're you're talking about that whole what to do over those five chords. That's mm-hmm. where. That's where I wished I had actually picked up the modes better and, mm. and just even my arpeggiated scales because mm. um, you probably I, I don't even know what to to say to you right now because all I can hear is what I know you can do now <laughs> <laughs> and and you make it seem
1: mighty seamless. Well, I'm I'm trying just like everybody else. It's work. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's true. Got to practice. Got to practice. Got to practice. All
0: right. Well, let's talk about some, let's let's get into some stuff here. All right. I, I have a couple of things I want to do with you. Uh, let's start with, well, you know what? Let's start with your sound. I All asked right. you earlier before we started rolling how you okay. pronounced this wonderful guitar of your creation called <laughs> Fiore. Mm, got it right. how did you come about this particular guitar how did you come about creating this
1: yeah well um it was a pretty in-depth process uh around i guess it was maybe oh gosh when was this somewhere in 2020 i think um no wait 2019 oh man now i'm all bass backwards okay well
0: let wait hold on think about that but let me play a clip for you let me see
1: if this okay clips yeah hold on here we go exciting about this guitar is that it really allows the player's individual personality to come through. I like my guitars to be a blank canvas, an open canvas, a free space, a blank slate, however you want to call it, so that I can hear myself. This might sound silly but I don't know if I want to hear the sound of the guitar. I want to hear the sound of me personified through the guitar and so if you pick up one of these it's gonna sound like you. (laughs) No, I, <laughs> that quote made a lot of people upset. <laughs> Did it really? Because yeah, I find it major intriguing. Well, I, thank you. And I think people either got it or they didn't. Uh, and, and you know, I think as musical people who play instruments, we like to have that esoteric connection with an instrument where we don't notice it. You know, it's it works so well that it just sort of becomes – a part of us and it does what we need it to do all the time. And and that's what I was trying to say there. But I think a lot of people were like, oh, I don't understand. I want to sound, I want to hear the guitar. I mean, I paid $3,000 for it. <laughs> you know, and, and I get that. I understand that, but. Um, well, I, I, but I, when you say
0: you want it to, to, you don't want to hear the guitar, you want to hear you. What makes that so intriguing is that what you're basically saying is the guitar is just an an instrument for you to express yourself. Sure, you can make that guitar sound like whatever you want your sound to be. Sure, and yeah, and, and I'm asking that That's a question.
1: Okay, yes, it is. That's the, that was the whole point of 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 this guitar was that I could do, I could get the sounds in my head out of my fingers, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was a, there would be a, a conduit from the heart to the brain, to the fingers, to the pedals, to the amplifier, to your ears, you know? Um, and the guitar would be a, the, the part of that, that would, that would make it easy. Um, and you know, I think that's kind of always been my thing. It's like I could have, uh, effects that maybe I don't like or an amp that I don't like or something, but if the guitar is right, I can still do me for the mm-hmm. most part.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And what what about the Fiore makes that
1: possible? Well, it's kind of a an amalgamation of a couple guitars of my youth and my past uh, that I really bonded with um, <clears throat> and helped develop. Uh, that that helped develop my my sound, um, and so we took a lot of those elements, just in terms of wood choice and and neck size and and diameter of or radius of the fretboard and pickup layout and pickup switching systems and, and, you know, these very technical things, mm. but really it was just a matter of like hearing it. And and once we heard it and it felt right, then we knew that it was right. Um, and it took a lot of work. I mean, um, it, uh, we had a designed a different bridge that the PRS hadn't really normally done. Um, it's a different body style, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of unique things about it. Uh, even if it is reminiscent of, you know, your, of, of Fender super strat, for example, which has kind of always been my thing. I've always loved having a humbucker pickup in the bridge position of a single coil bolt on neck guitar. So that's just what that is, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but you know, we, we worked on neck shapes pretty, pretty heavily. We worked on, uh, the pickups a lot. Uh, we worked really hard on those and, um, they're the most flexible set of single coils I think I've ever come across, which I think was what I was noticing about a couple of these guitars that we were kind of using as templates is that like one did one thing, but the other one didn't quite do that thing as well, but it did another thing really great. So we wanted to keep that aspect. And so I was like, okay, we have to just have one guitar that can do all these things. (laughs) Um, You know, this one over here is, is aggressive and punchy, but this one over here is nice and sweet and, and, and nuance. It's like, okay, well we need both. <laughs> we need it to do both. And I think we got it to do both. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was really fun working with, with that company. Cause they're very hands-on. They're very open to ideas. Um, Paul himself is a real tinker, a real tweaker. He likes to get down to the real, uh, minutia of millimeters and wire mm. m- material and, <laughs>
0: magnet material
1: and stuff a lot of times kind of went over my head and i think he knew that but uh, he also know he also speaks guitar player and speaks musician (laughs) so i can tell him yeah i don't know it just has too much this uh, you know esoteric adjective and he'll know what that means in technical terms you know to make a difference so yeah
0: and that's what i was going to ask you how did you how did you get across what exactly it is you wanted Uh, A lot of phone calls,
1: a lot of emails. I've went up there a couple times, you know, uh, we tested things out and, and, um, a lot of, well, you know, a lot of this was done during the pandemic actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was a lot of trips to FedEx (laughs) and a lot of, you know, hand sanitizing and masks and things like that. But, um, yeah, a lot of trips to FedEx and, uh, I have a whole box of bodies not not human bodies, but uh, yeah, guitar, guitar bodies <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we you know were different color samples.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: when <laughs> we were trying to get that that Amaryllis red just right, you know. And did that uh, make a difference? The type of coating on the wood, and well, yeah, uh, I mean, we wanted that old school. Yeah, sure, we wanted that old school nitrocellulose finish that wears and breathes and falls apart. You <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, swamp ash is what the body's made out of, and that was. Um, that was something I grew to love with an old guitar, this Don Grosh guitar that I played for a million years, um, with the maple neck. So that kind of became my, my voice, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so we started with that, you know, that wood combination and then went from there.
0: And when you, when you were working on this, did you have any feel for what the
1: final sound was that you wanted before you got there? Kind of. I knew where it it was in my head, and I knew where it wanted to go. And so we kind of just kept pushing it until it also kind of stay where the sound was, if that makes any sense at all. Um, Um, I I may have missed a chunk of that. Okay. Um, Yeah, it was one of those things where I had this kind of template in my brain of what it needed to sound and feel like. And once... I knew it could do that. Then I decided, you know, I wanted to see if we could go a little farther. Mm. And so I think that's how we ended up where we are now.
0: Nice. And the name Fiore, uh, I'm, I'm going to play totally dumb. I, I that's don't okay. Know if that's uh, somebody's <laughs> name. Did you no, make
1: that up? Uh, I didn't. My daughter named it. Um, okay. well, so we were trying to find a name for the guitar. I've never named an instrument in my life. I don't have a Lucille or a, you know uh any of that kind of thing and i didn't want to give it a person's name um but they uh prs wanted it to have a a model name and so i said okay um and my daughter she saw the red one and said it looks like a flower and i was like huh interesting and we were kind of toying around with italian names just Mm -hmm. because that's my heritage and turns out flower in Italian is Fiore, which just is a, it's like a perfect name (laughs) for a guitar, you know? And (laughs) we kind of wrapped up this metaphor together about, you know, how the sound blooms like a flower out of your (laughs) fingers (laughs) and this whole, you know, I'm an ad guy, right? So (laughs) uh, I had to kind of sneak that in there to get some, you know, good PR going, but it makes sense, I think. And, um, you know, it's nice, simple name. Uh, my mom designed the truss rod cover, which is kind of a, modified renaissance um flourish that you might see on a tapestry or something because mm-hmm. uh, i didn't really want my name on the front of it we put it on the back mm-hmm. um but i wanted a cool thing on the truss rod so shout out to mom for doing that one <laughs> um but yeah i ended up just signing the back as you do with signature yeah. guitars <laughs> yeah i know i do it all the
0: time yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> Well, that's cool. So you got that out now. That's part of your uh, line of guitars, because you have more than one, do you not?
1: Uh, no, I just have the one guitar. I have a couple pedals okay. um, <clears throat> that I've done over the years. But yeah, just one guitar for now.
0: And you, you've you gotten into teaching, so I don't know where that came about. but
1: Yeah, well, I... I used to teach a lot more than I do now. I, I used to teach in-person lessons and then I taught on Skype for, for many years or mm-hmm. zoom, whatever the kids use these days. Um, but now <laughs> my instruction is more in terms of either master classes at universities or, um, online, uh, courses that I develop, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. I've got three out about to be four. Um and they're all different kinds of things. Some of them focus on composition, some of them are focused on just, you know, rhythm playing and lead playing and uh technical kinds of stuff and some are a little bit more conceptual. Um so that's usually what I, I direct people towards if they are asking for personal lessons. I just don't have time to do it anymore with with the touring and the recording and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I do these courses which are pretty cool. Well, people that seem to really dig you them. Can yeah. Where? Well, I've got uh two I've got one out on brettpapa.com brett is a great guitar instructor out of nashville who runs his own lesson site and has a couple different artists uh putting out courses and so i've got one out with him now called on my sleeve which is a a course about all of my influences and how i wear them on my sleeve so there's you know ad guy (laughs) doing the ad guy thing um so that's a great course if you're really interested in how i come up with my songs uh, Mm -hmm. or how i've kind of developed my quote unquote sound uh, and then I have another course coming out with him at the end of October uh, that's like a rhythm guitar course focused on what I like to call tiny chords, <laughs> which mm-hmm. are like, yeah, like three note chords, um, higher register voicings. Um, so it's pretty specific, but I think it'll be cool if you are looking for just other ways to play the same old chord progression with bar, with bar chords that you've been playing your whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got a course with Jamplay that's a master class, which is like 33 some odd modules that that goes all over the place. So that's that's a pretty cool place maybe to start, I guess, um, if you're interested. And then I, I have a lot of um, uh, tablature and, and guitar scores up uh, via a company called Sound Slice. And then another, um, I have stuff on my website if you want to get transcriptions of my solo records so there's a lot out there i had to kind of think about it <laughs> <laughs> who transcribed <Yeah>. your solos <laughs> uh he's his name is luke bowman and he's in the uk and he's great he he does a lot of a lot of guitar players work and he's very thorough and very detailed and um kind of helps me remember how what i played <laughs> yeah because <laughs> sometimes i forget i can imagine <clears throat> i i've heard you play and uh, <laughs> so
0: that makes me want to jump over to the how you, uh well, I'm not going to ask that yet, because uh, I'm missing an opportunity here. You, mm. do, uh, I'm assuming you have a Fiore in front of you right now, right?
1: I have a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple? But yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> so
0: that little clip what I played where you were bending notes like like mad, is that mm. part of what is your sound or just something you wanted to uh, show the guitar can do? Well, I mean,
1: do? Kind, of, kind of both. It's definitely a Jeff Beck thing. I mean... Uh you know, that's why I have that course called On My Sleeve because sometimes I like to just sort of be overt with my influences. But but Jeff Beck has has been a huge I mean he's probably one of the top three or five guitar players for me. Uh just the whole package, you mm-hmm. know. Um but that that clip was a song uh called wait a minute, Seuss Pants, which is, <laughs> is kind of a funny name. Um but uh, I- I'm yeah. gonna get to that too. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's this sort of cool little Jeff Beck influenced vibrato piece. I got a lot of delay on here. But um yeah, that's a ballad I wrote uh, for my wife. It's it's named after a pair of her favorite pajama pants that we call her seuss pants because it looks like a pattern that you would see in like the lorax or some book like that so and see, yeah now that makes sense
0: there
1: you go. well that's the beauty of uh, instrumental music is i can title it whatever i want because I it means something to me but it might mean something totally different to you
0: right I, i'm so, all over that there you go <laughs> that's pretty crazy and and you playing that uh that's I'm not a guitarist, so let me put that out there right now. Mm, okay. I'm not a guitarist. So yeah. when you're playing playing that, you're bending strings
1: and you're using that bar thing. Right. <laughs> yep. It's called yeah, it's a, it's the whammy uh, bar, the vibrato bar, the tremolo bar. The I think most people call it the whammy bar. So the whammy bar. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a oops. It's yeah, it's a whammy bar. <laughs> A lot of like bending the bar down and, and letting the springs pull the string up. That's a very, it's a very Jeff Beck kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know, um, I'm always trying to find out new ways of doing it to where it sort of sounds more like maybe me and less like somebody else that does it better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did you design that bar as well in your guitar? We worked on it together. Yeah. Um, so it fit, you know your feel
1: yes we did uh we went back and forth on that a lot i think i probably wore out paul a little (laughs) bit um they were kind of working on a two post tremolo as they call it um for one of the silver sky models but mine was kind of modified um to fit the fiore uh and then we've got this the hello you're back oh that was weird it said fit the oh i said yeah um we had the new we modified an earlier design of the two post tremolo that they were doing to fit the Fiore. Uh, and then we have this, the tremolo bar itself has a weighted tip, um, which helps with the kind of like flutter thing that I was doing. Um, (laughs) that sort of sound, uh, which was pretty cool. I, we actually went back and forth. I was like, guys, I need the tremolo, uh, to do this. (laughs) So, so, you know, they're like, um, what? Yeah. (laughs) Never heard uh, that before. But we got it. We got it. Yeah. We, we got it. So, um, Very nice. Yeah. What
0: did you, uh, do during what was your plan during the pandemic? Because uh, I'm going to ask you two questions in that. Okay. Uh, first of all, I know as a working musician, it's tough to do that full time. Mm. So, when did you get into being, you know, Mark Lettieri, the, the full-time guitarist and how did you do that what did you do before that
1: well um i kind of hit the ground running right out of college um and joined as many bands and ensembles and things that i could (laughs) (laughs) uh i took a day job at a uh, promotional products marketing company um where i worked kind of part-time um in like logistics and a little bit of account management um and then played any night i could Mm -hmm. you know um i was going to jam sessions left and right i mean that's that's kind of where i connected with a lot of people i was going to jam sessions I, i had made some connections uh in college through the gospel choir at tcu where i played um which was pretty cool because i mean obviously i got to learn you know, amazing type of music. Um, but also meet a lot of people that were kind of in the local music scene via gospel churches. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, and so I started playing at those churches on Sundays and meeting a lot of musicians, um, because in Dallas, Fort Worth, that's just a big network, Mm -hmm. a lot of church musicians here. And so I was meeting a lot of these. Yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh So I was, I was meeting a lot of those players and, and that was leading to another gigs you know, um, and then I was playing in cover bands and I had a couple of original bands and, uh, you know, was starting to do some recording as a session player and uh, just a lot of freelance work, you know, I mean, everything, man, really yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, and then it, you know, just kind of came to the point where I was like, well, I don't think I need to go to this job anymore. I've saved up some money. And so I quit and that was like 2008, I think and I've just been at it ever since <laughs> yeah, I, I, and you know, it's, imagine. it's morphed over the years. I mean, now I'm sort of more, uh, in an artist role, um, now, but, but I still do some of the same stuff. I mean, I still do loads of sessions and, and I'm you know, of course I'm a band member with, with snarky and the fearless mm-hmm. flyers and stuff. But, um, you know, my, my focus, I really like doing my thing and making my records and playing my shows and playing my songs for people. So, the, since you
0: brought it up, let's uh, let's jump into Snarky then. All uh, right. Because I, I was kind of leaning towards what was your plan during the pandemic. Okay. Because yeah. while, while that was going on, Snarky wasn't touring, that's for sure. Right.
1: Well, nobody was.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So was that like a scary time for you?
1: Um. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> uh, it was not fun. Yeah, I mean, the first couple months were dreadful, to be honest. I mean – you know, just seeing all of my calendar disappear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I just kind of went into survival mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, was just in front of the computer all the time. Uh, I taught a lot of Skype lessons, a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And it was, you know, I was, I'm grateful for the work. I'm grateful that people, um, were interested, you know? Um, but it, it, it was pretty burn burning, burnout time mm-hmm. there just cause it was a lot, you know, but I had to do it. I mean, I had to, Survive and I think we all were you know so I'm grateful for the people that donated what <laughs> to, took a lesson you know because they kept they kept our mortgage going you know
0: yeah
1: um and slowly things started to kind of pick up but uh, you know Texas sort of closed but didn't really <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> a lot of places and so you know well, people took advantage of that and <laughs> and uh we're getting gigs where we could where we could get gigs you know. You were um, kind of
0: out there, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and I did, a,
1: <laughs> I, I did like live stream concerts and stuff like that. And, um, the churches kind of still were operating virtually. So I was kind of involved in that doing a lot of like virtual worship services and things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, You know, I mean, thankfully I had, uh, a little bit of income from, you know, those courses or whatever, and, and a couple of the things, session work and things, you know, a lot of people made records during the, (laughs) during the pandemic. So I got hired to do stuff and I hired people to play on my stuff. Um, so, you know, I guess all this to say, uh, I'm grateful for people that hired me or took lessons from me during that time. Um, you you had a little
0: bit of a pipeline, kind of, I had a
1: little bit of a pipeline. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, and so, uh, but, um, it was, yeah, yeah, it was no fun. <laughs> and was the guitar
0: there already? Your Fiore? Uh,
1: no, we were working on it. Oh. Um, yeah, it came out in 2021, January, 2021. So, so in 2020 we were designing it. Oh, okay. so that was fun. I mean, that kept, you know, that was definitely a, a source of inspiration there. Um, but you know, I, 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 struggled with you know kind of some depression right at the top of the pandemic because i'm like why am i doing this like Mm -hmm. what (laughs) what dumb job is this to play the guitar now i don't have a job you know i was like this was (laughs) second guessing yourself yeah you know and finally that kind of went away and i got over it and you know by the fall maybe of 2020 i was kind of feeling more like myself and that's when i wrote and recorded deep the baritone sessions volume two, which ended up, you know, getting a Grammy nomination. So I was like, okay, you know, there's a light at the end of these tunnels. If you just keep (laughs) pushing through it, you know, just keep going, man.
0: Yeah. I was fortunate enough that my day job was allowing us to work from home. So that's great. I don't know what I'm like you, what would we have done? Yep. Yep. Um, the, the baritone sessions. Oh, I don't I don't even know where to start there but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go ahead and get into how did you get into Snarky Puppy?
1: Okay. Uh Snarky Puppy was was the cool band in in Dallas in the Dallas area that was playing, you know, this really high level uh instrumental music, you know, you call it fusion or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, but they were kind of the it band that all the musicians really dug and, and normal people liked them too, which was kind of the unique thing. It was like, okay, it's musicians, but there's like norm, you know, non musicians that are at these concerts that just yeah. seem to like the music. And so that was kind of a, that's what made it unique to me as a fan. Just like, okay, yeah. Okay. People just dig this stuff, you know? So I was kind of the band that I was a fan of, you know, and thought, eh, it'd be great to play in it one day, but that, that you know, they're never going to call me kind of thing. <laughs> Did you audition um, for that? Not really. I uh, I knew all the guys just from playing around town and playing sessions and gigs. You know, I mean, Mike League and I did weddings together and, you know, gospel church sessions and things like that. And so I knew the guys. And uh, it just so happened that there was a weekend of shows where they just needed a guitar player. The other two guys weren't available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mike called me. And, um, I don't even know if I was the first guy he called, <laughs> I guess I was just available, you know? Um, and so I, I might, I may have just made myself available actually. Uh, and I learned, you know, I learned the songs that he sent as best I could in like two days, you know, cause yeah. I didn't really have that much time to, it was like, Hey, we got shows this weekend. You know, it was like on a Tuesday uh-huh. when he called and, and I was like, Oh yeah, sure, man. And, um, They liked what I did and, you know, they knew about my, like we, like I said, we had played together, so they knew I could play. Mm -hmm. Um, but they liked the way that I played that music, I guess, well enough. Uh, And that, that music is not easy. No. And it was harder (laughs) back then than it is now. I think, I think it was, they were pretty, it was pretty technical. Uh, the early tunes, it was pretty serious. Um, it wasn't quite as like groove oriented as it is now.
0: Okay, because I, no, I, I'm wondering if that's when I first heard them, because I was, I'm not sure when I first heard them if I was lost because of the rhythm, because they did such complicated uh, times uh, time signatures that mm. it was like, wow, you know, I could keep a beat. I wasn't sure I was on the beat or on mm-hmm. their beat, but. I just remembered it was really technical, but sounded really good. Right. Like high, high, high caliber musicianship. And I think I think that's part of what makes me starstruck with you, 'cause you know it's like if you're keeping up with them then
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean it yeah, it's a struggle every day. You could <laughs> you can go on YouTube and find some serious seriously awesome Mark musicians Moments on some of those <laughs> snarky puppy gigs, but you know it's a challenge. That's why I keep doing it, man. If I think if it became boring or too easy or something, I would probably stop doing it.
0: Yeah, you you have to. I always yeah. say if you're not learning, you're dying. So exactly, yeah. It's sure it's not.
1: Learning. No one has mastered that band. No, never. Not even the you know guys who write the songs still mess up their own songs. <laughs> you know, I've messed up you know Trinity before. Yeah, it was like whatever. Uh, nobody masters that band so yeah it's pretty amazing what you guys do and you've got such a following it's almost i would say cult like a little bit yeah i mean we're you know we're grateful man because there's a lo- you have a lot of options and we're glad that you you chose us you know hmm. so uh, and not, not
0: everybody knows about you yet because i well was, I, 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 I mean we're not it. the biggest
1: band in the world but people come to the shows you know oh, yeah <laughs> and we sing yeah, that's right. You sing the melodies, which is great. We like that.
0: <clears throat> um, now, in regards to Snarky Puppy, you said like there's three other guitarists. How do you feel about that? I mean, does that when you're all because th- I've seen all three of you up there at a time, mm-hmm. at yeah, moments. And <clears throat> how much do you actually get to play? I, mean, I, I, excuse me. When I hear that group with the three of you playing, I don't hear a whole lot of guitar. I right. Hear a whole lot of Corey Henry.
1: That, that's funny. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's kind of, well, it's kind of one of those things. The band is as big as it is because the, Michael just never stopped booking gigs <laughs> uh, in the early days. And so obviously, and this was when there was no money. There was no sustainability being a member of Snarky Puppy in the early days. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, guys like, for example, they called me because I think Chris had a gig with his other rock band that he was trying to pursue. And then Bob, I think had a wedding, you know? Mm -hmm. So Bob's like, you know, I'm going to make $300 at this wedding. I don't want to play it. I don't need to, you know, not, I don't want to, but like, Hey Mike, I can't, you know, play for 20 (laughs) bucks with snarky puppy. I got to, you know, I got to make rent 20, right. And so, uh, so that's how a lot of people end up in the band is like, we just, we're working so much that not everyone could do every gig. And so that there you have it. But, but it, it actually worked out really cool because you know, now we do have this kind of three guitar attack, so mm-hmm. to speak if if the songs call for that mm-hmm. um, and each of us has such a wildly different style that we're never worried about stepping on toes right. or you know getting in some somebody else's way uh, and we have a really good way of kind of each playing at thirty three percent so that we sound like a one hundred percent a guitar uh-huh. player yeah. Yeah. you know. It's kind of like the law of, it's the law of percentages, you know. The the three of us should be 100% together. So <laughs> if one person is at 75 because they're soloing, then the other two guys need to back down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but it's been great. I mean, like I think if we didn't have three guitar players, we couldn't do these records, you know, well, especially not a record like Silva, the with the orchestra because there were just that many written parts for everybody. Wow. Well, yeah. Um, so those those uh, recording sessions too that you
0: have live where everybody's under headphones the right. audience is under headphones right i think that was one of the first youtubes that i saw i'm mean, probably one of the first 5 youtubes i saw i was so amazed at that cuz i'm thinking i guess i was actually jealous I, like, oh, I want to <laughs> be sitting in yeah sure sure cuz all of that was some pretty amazing music um and i i know the the Whoever's engineering that, that's just amazing job they have to do. So I'm, I'm guessing you had a mix engineer for the audience and one for the for the yeah. recording.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Um and you know, they have their hands full. full. <laughs> uh yeah, the earlier records, um I think well I guess the first one we did that was on film was Tell Your Friends. And so from that one until I think the last live record was the last with one. Was, Eric was. Well, because. We, so we had an engineer named Eric Hartman who who was brilliant, but he, he passed away in the summer of 2015. So I think we had just finished Silva. Um, so he had done all those from Tell Your Friends Up to Silva. And then uh, we started working with a guy named Nick Hard who has done uh, the records since. Um, but both of those guys are amazing and, you know, just. <laughs> I guess they just are good with, with input lists or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how that uh I don't know how they do it. I don't I don't ask. I well, think if I asked they would just get mad.
2: <laughs> I'll
1: tell just you like, what. Shut up and play the guitar. The sound
0: at, at at Mesa um was amazing. Oh good. Amazing. I mean clarity like you wouldn't believe. well I, that was
1: uh that's our front of house engineer Michael Harrison, um, who who he's from uh, Scotland actually, but he's been traveling with us for years and he did the audience mix for the empire central live record. I think that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Shout, shout out to him. Cause yeah, um, he's I great. Man. Just come from a Benson concert where oh, okay. it wasn't so clear. Oh no. <laughs> no <I> mean, <laughs> Maybe sorry, Benson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, We heard George. There's no okay. problem there. Well, yeah, oh, the rest of the band. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like you can see <clears> the guys <throat> back there playing the drums, and I'm like, I don't hear them. Oh, or no. The, that's or a, the that's a drag. Yeah. Uh, she's playing her congas back there like crazy, and I'm like, mm, mm. I'm either in a bad seat or I'm just not hearing this. Mm, yeah. That's a drag. So uh, it was a real 180 when I got to Mesa and heard you guys. It's like, I, I get it. Oops. I'm knocking my mic around. I could even hear um, Michael when he did his some of his runs. I mean, clear is cool. His day. Great, man. I'll tell.
1: I'll tell Harrison. <laughs> yeah. I'll pass on the good sure. word. Yeah, sure. That's pretty amazing.
0: Um, all right, back to my notes before I get
1: off uh, and all right.
0: lost here. Uh, let's see. All right, who do you consider someone you'd be called? You'd be a fan of.
1: Oh my gosh! Like just any musician, <laughs> oh, there's a ton. I'm I'm a fan of many. I mean, I, I my influences run from Herbie Hancock to Metallica. I mean, <laughs> it's what? pretty broad. It makes sense. You know, um, I think I'm trying to think. I mean, I still you know I still get starstruck. I always would have loved to have meet have met Eddie Van Halen. I I never did, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a pinnacle for me, for sure. Uh, I've always been a huge Prince fan, you know, I never met Prince, but, um, that would have been cool, but I'd love to have played with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm a fan of anyone that's doing something really cool yeah. with integrity, you know, <laughs> oh, they don't have to be key. famous <laughs>
0: with, with integrity. There's a real yeah. key there. Um, how did I you... like people
1: that I like, I'm a fan of people that, That take risks and like, you know, put it, put it really, put it out there, and maybe mess up (laughs) a couple times. Yeah, you know, like me. Yeah. Well, I don't know because I haven't heard any of your mess ups. You gotta listen carefully. You will.
0: I'm sure your mess ups are probably about as, you know, I I don't even know how to say it. Probably. (laughs) I'll I'll point out
1: a few. I'll isolate a couple in the mix and send them to you. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you how. Speaking of integrity, how did you get hooked up with Dominic? Because that concert, oh, uh, yeah. brought me to tears.
1: Oh, thanks, first, man. That was a real nice song. night. Yeah. How did I meet Dominic? Um, Dominic. Let me think. Dominic Amato. We I played on a, a, one of his records, um, but I think. He was connected to me via Michael Whitaker, maybe
2: mm-hmm.
1: a great, great pianist and, and film composer out of Nashville mm-hmm. that I had met because Adam the Dominic's bass player, bass had player. recommended him, Michael, to play a gig of mine when I came to Nashville uh, you a couple of years ago. So I think that's how Dominic got a hold of me.
0: And and you live in uh, you
1: live in Nashville? Or? No, I'm in Fort Worth, Texas.
0: You're, you're still in Dallas? Okay. Yeah. Fort Worth. No, Fort Worth. Don't yeah, say Fort Dallas. Fort I, don't know, I I changed it. <laughs> as as I, I love said, Dallas, I'm like, but I, I live no, in Fort Worth. Fort Worth.
1: Yeah. And um,
0: and you two, you four, Michael Whitaker didn't make that. Trip Mike couldn't
1: make it. Yeah. He got sick. Right.
0: And that's part of what brought me to tears because you you got this L.A. pianist. Yeah, Quinn
1: Quinn Johnson. Yeah, he was awesome.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was. He's a freak. He was great. You guys hadn't rehearsed much together at all?
1: Uh, No, not really. I mean, we just, you know, we went and did a sound check. uh, (laughs) And that was, we did kind of like a little bit the night, the first night where we played in the small side of that venue. Mm -hmm. We did a run through uh, earlier in the day, but that was it i mean you know and quinn had quinn had like a day to check out the mu if even like a half a day to check out the music Boy. <laughs> so he was he had he had the charts going you know
0: absolutely and, yeah. and the conversations between you all was just amazing
1: mm. yeah it was a fun night yeah, Hope we can it do it again.
0: <laughs> yes it was <laughs>
1: hmm. i appreciated that a lot yeah man
0: Now you've got. I've been. I've been trying to uh, slowly bring us up to the fact that yes, you're an amazing musician. Yes, you're an amazing guitarist. Yes, you're playing with the amazing Snarky Puppy. However, Uh oh, however, we've still got to move right on one more step to the amazing Mark Lettieri, because I have now moved on from your the guitarist for snarky puppy i've gone to this is mark Lethierry, guitarist mm, okay and the reason why is i'm going to play it as we okay. speak and you're okay. going to explain some stuff to me Uh oh That's gigantic. Gigantactus. Gigantactus. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. That is nasty.
1: Thanks, man. Man,
0: that's nasty. I, I just I make ugly faces when that's playing. <laughs> <I'm> like, mm-hmm, <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm, that's the mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Man. Ha, so see, this is you. I think so. This is just you. I, I I like it, and I was wondering first of all where that name came from, and second, yeah. where did that tune come from?
1: Right on. Well, the tune came first. Uh, the name is is a species of deep sea uh, fish. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, might be a. Let me. I'm gonna Google it while we're doing this. Tactus. Yeah, it's one of those fish with like the the weird like fishing lure that sticks out of its head, you know, with the light on it that it can swing in front of prey. Anyway. Uh, so I, I, the record <laughs> that's from the first baritone sessions record called deep and, uh, all the songs are named after deep sea fish species. Uh, that of oh. would be clever. Remember ad guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but that was one of the first kind of baritone funk quote unquote songs that I wrote. Um, when I was doing these kind of like social media experiment (laughs) videos where I was writing these kind of like aggressive funk dance tunes on a baritone guitar and, and filming myself playing to these demos and putting them up on the internet, uh, for fun. I mean, it was like a, it was, I was just building my social media presence, right. Just sort of building content and building a name. And I thought it was something unique and different that I hadn't heard before. So I figured maybe I'll make it my voice, you know, (laughs)
0: I, I didn't. Uh, heur- I hadn't heard of a baritone guitar so much.
1: It seems like not many people had. I mean, you've probably heard them. They've been on old records, you know, in the 50s and 60s, a lot of that old rock stuff or country or film scores or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've definitely heard it. Um, just didn't know it. Just didn't know it, yeah. Uh, but I decided to, to play, you know, funk and groove music with it <laughs> so it kind of it was a different thing maybe i guess um and anyway so these videos were kind of going viral and uh, so to speak and enough people were just like so when's your album coming out and i was like wow what do you mean album you know and then i thought about i was like oh wait yeah <laughs> i should make a record <laughs> ad <of this>. guy <laughs> yeah ad guy and uh so that was the first deep yeah the deep sessions album and um and then that led to deep volume two, 2 where where yeah. all the the songs are named after a uh, deep space phenomena and uh, I got a load of special guest friends to play on that record and um just kind of go all out you know
0: yeah that you went So on I don't that, know what I'm going
1: right. to do for volume 3 the next uh, let's record is is has a little bit of baritone but it's not a baritone focused record uh-huh. so well I like I like it a lot
0: and I Thanks. think what you're welcome, I think. What um is making me go towards you are not a snarky puppy guitarist now, you are Mark Lethierry. Because oh, I think well, any cool. <laughs> guitarist that wants to hear a guitar song, if they listen to your stuff, they are going to be well satisfied. Cool, because I feel like you really. Pull out all this. I'm not going to say you're pulling out all the stops because I don't know if you're doing that on purpose, but it it just comes out that way that uh, if you like guitar, you're going to love the stuff I'm hearing out of you. Cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hope, you know, I hope if you like guitar, you like it. I think, hopefully, if you just like to hear cool stuff and nod your head, you'll like it too. You know, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm well, whatever you want to to mosh
1: (laughs) crowd surf, whatever you want to do. I mean, I've always been a fan of instrumental music that just sounds like good music. Yes. Um, you know, all of my favorite instrumentalists, uh, I feel at least make just great sounding music and, and you kind of forget that, wow, this is a great guitar player. Wow. This is a great, you know, pianist or saxophone or whatever it is you're just enjoying the songs. Mm-hmm. And so that's always kind of been my, been my MO as best I can, you know, and, and I, sometimes I feel like maybe I play a little bit beneath my chops level. Mm-hmm just kind of on purpose.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'm not bragging, but I, you know, sometimes
1: it's like, do I need to do this or can I just do something cool here? <laughs> and well, I usually just go to, well, I'll just do something cool. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Rather than though. something fancy. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I, I like the way that comes out. Cause I hear a lot of rhythm, um, off rhythms and different rhythms and, you know, like, I feel like it's time signatures on top of time signatures. Mm. Tell me if I'm wrong. But some of the songs that I've heard, it's like, wow. Right on. Where did you get that from? Because you did one one uh, interview somewhere where you said, if it sounds cool, that's what I want to do.
1: Yeah. Some well, I, I think I was telling the truth. Yeah. It, yeah. I think that's that's the thing. I want it to just sound cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I, I guess... There, there's sort of a stigma in, I guess maybe in, in a lot of instrumental music as particularly guitar music where players seem to want to rely on ability. And, you know, as a listener, I can tell if you're good in like four bars, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like beyond that, give me a cool piece of music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're blazing guitar solo or is not going to help a bad song. There
0: you go.
1: <laughs> you know, um, I find yeah, and and so I try to I try to be like, okay, is this a cool piece of music that I can dress up with neat guitar playing? But but at its core, what are we doing here? You know. <laughs> so.
0: And I I'll, uh, let's see what else I have here. <music> You see, I mean, that's just a lot of guitar going on here, even though you've got all the other rhythm. It's just
1: that's one cool. riff that's repeating. <laughs> yeah. Not now, though. Well, it's different. This is the B section. Oh, there's horns in right. Yeah.
0: You see, so here's another thing that I love about this. I would hear that first bit of that song and I'd be like, I need to buy that. Cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that on today's much of today's music. Hmm. All right. It's like I don't I'm not gonna just stream that. I, I wanna buy that. Move well,
1: right on. Thanks. So that's yeah, it's a groove tune, man. I mean, you know, it's <clears throat> it's a groove tune. The the sort of the baritone funk kind of music is like it's groove based, and the hooks are via uh, riffs, not necessarily like melodic mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. so much as it is like cool riff after cool riff, but not too many cool riffs to where it turns into riff salad, mm-hmm. but just the right amount of riffs. Yeah, yeah. play me something. <clears throat> Play you something? <laughs> Do something. <laughs> All right. Come up
0: with something that you would tink around with, like some rhythm that would maybe turn into a song.
1: Okay. Well, let's see what we can come up with. Uh, I'll just groove on something. <coughs> let's see. There's a lot of reverb. Hang on. All right. Uh, let's see. One, two, one, two, three. Uh, I'm folding. I don't know. I'm just goofing around. <laughs> yeah, but really? <laughs> yeah, really. That was not any. That was not prepared. <laughs> that was no. Could you part tell of any song? <laughs> no, no. I was probably somebody else's song. It's probably a Tom Brown song or something like that. But, uh, but I know you have to. You have to be a chameleon,
0: depending on what you're playing. Where you're going to either be playing, you know, rhythm comping like that, or. You might be playing some smooth, silky smooth chords. that's what I wanted to do. I
1: wanted to go. I don't know, something, whatever. You ever heard this guitar player, Wayne Krantz? He's really awesome. That was sort of like a Wayne Krantz kind of rhythm thing. Check him out, he's insane. I'm going to add him yeah. to my little list as we speak here. So, Wayne Krantz. Wayne Krantz. Yeah. K-R-A-N-Z. Uh, Tz. Krantz. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I just I just actually added him to my game that we're about to play. Okay. Let's go. It's I like it's, games. Uh, I I don't know how much time you have, but I don't want to take up too much. All of good. It. All good. Um, okay, so we're gonna play okay. the one-word game. Ooh! I'm gonna mention a, a guitarist, and you're gonna give me one-word reaction. Okay. Okay. BB King. Sweet. Pat Metheny. Moody. Lee Ritenour. Smooth. George Benson.
1: Badass. He is. Man, <laughs> screw that guy. He can play all that and sing it all. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. I, I don't know how.
0: He's got to have perfect pitch. Although, you know, have you heard of Donald Sanus? No. He's done the same thing. You've heard of Turning Point? No. The group? Uh-uh. Um, I'm not terribly surprised. I mean, they they didn't get as nowhere near the amount of uh, – Public attention as they should have, but turning point. They okay, kind of I'll put it on my list a little bit now. Ah, it'll be hard to find them because there's some other group called Turning Point. Hmm. I'll Wikipedia but, it and find the right one. Okay, I'll, I can get you some music. Or you just one. shoot me a link. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, all right. So, can you sing like that? And play? No, <laughs> I can't play like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! No way. All right. Eddie Van Halen. Fire. Carlos Santana. Well,
1: was, <laughs> the joke would be to say smooth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh,
1: Carlos, man. You can. Uh, no, because I already said that about Lee <laughs> Um Carlos Santana. Youth. Youthful. I, and I say that because Carlos was a big influence of mine when I was like 13. hmm You know? Yeah.
0: That He was definitely a big influence on the stuff we played sure. back in our little high school band.
1: Yeah, um, me too. Chuck Berry. Originator.
0: Mm. Frank Zappa.
1: Lunatic. <laughs> I love Frank. He's the man. Have you met him? No, oh, he passed away in 93. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm buddies with Dweezil, his son. Oh, um, and okay. I played with the weasel a couple of times. Yeah. Really, really amazing cat. Nice. Kurt Cobain. Grunge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now this'll be interesting, right. on what I'm judging on what I just heard. Jeff okay. Beck.
1: Genius. <laughs> Joe Satriani. Influence. I was a huge Satch fan growing up. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
0: Steve Howe
1: yes <laughs> are you serious i i i'm familiar with steve howe in yes but i i i'm not like a student of steve howe
0: that's what i wrote down here yes okay
1: yep well <laughs> i guess i could have said no
0: <laughs> um kurt rosenwinkle
1: funny kurt's a hang man I mean, aside from the fact he's a genius, brilliant player, he's just a a hoot, man. We did this thing at the Ground Up Music Festival. It was like a little guitar clinic with him, uh, Isaiah Sharkey, myself, and Chris McQueen. And it was just a bunch of jokes. (laughs) (laughs) He was great. He's a great hang. That's funny. I I get that out of you, actually. You seem like you have a good sense of humor. Well, you have to if if you're in the music business. Mm -mm. (laughs) Wayne Krantz time feel what time feel yeah he has the most amazing time feel like how he just dances around a a beat Uh and manipulates quarter notes and 16th notes and stuff it's pretty amazing
0: wow all right well you
1: blasted through my list okay (laughs) i I, I was well uh almost sounded rehearsed Uh, i don't know i mean I'm, i'm pretty familiar with just about everybody you mentioned but uh yeah. I was
0: afraid I was going to hit somebody, and you'd be like, oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> no. I know every
1: guitar player ever, Tony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, see, and, there, and therein is why you have the talent on your craft and that, that oh, you wow. have. <laughs> um Okay. I'm going to probably ask one more question, and then okay. we'll probably wrap this up. All right happy birthday
1: to me yeah, happy birthday man <laughs> twenty nine right uh-huh yep. yeah
0: yeah yeah starting at twenty nine just hitting it <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i a i think I asked you this earlier in the interview, but music's a hard business mm-hmm. when did you first think you could make it
1: full time Hmm. Uh, well, well, I'm trying to think, I mean, <clears throat> it may have just even been an issue of like looking at my checking account and being like, Oh, <laughs> I've <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> saved it. I, yeah. Now maybe, I don't know. I've, I saved, well, you know, it was kind of back in 08 when I was finishing up the, you know, at working at that marketing company and it just felt right. It just felt like it was time to, to go,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: like, you know, it, cause that was a safety net, but in order to really make this work, you have to take risks. And, you know, I always kind of made sure that there was something to quote unquote fall back on. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, for me, it's always been about, you know, taking the risks and doing the work and setting myself up so that I can kind of have the career that I've always imagined in my head, which simply put is making music. I love with people I care about and making a living doing it nice. right. So if, if I'm, if I'm, uh, touching on those pillars, then I'm, I'm headed in the right direction with everything that I do.
0: Well, I think you're
1: touching the right pillars cause I haven't heard anything
0: yet that it, it's, uh, it, it all has <clears throat> meat to it. Hmm. Well, Thanks. nothing seems superficial at all it sounds like some music that is fun you know some of it's fun some of it's very deep in the way that when you're playing with Sharky Puppy and by the way the concert that you were playing on I was kind of glad Corey wasn't there (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, Corey hasn't been in the band in about seven years. Oh, he hasn't. Okay, so I'm yeah. just listening to old stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still cool. great. I mean, you can still listen to the old stuff. I, and I love the old stuff. Sure. But I was
0: just kind of pleased that it seemed like you were kind of the feature for this one.
1: Oh, really? I don't know. How, I mean, <laughs> I usually get about two solos a night. I mean, yeah. if that's if that's what you consider feature, but uh versus all the other yeah i guess well the there's nine people on stage so everyone's got to have everyone's got to get some heat you know yeah. plus there's songs on it on there's a lot of songs where like a guitar solo just wouldn't I mean, not that it wouldn't work. It's just that, like, it's probably better if it's a saxophone, <laughs> saxophone, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, or a trumpet, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so. and
0: I and I hear that part. And I, I guess when I say feature, that's that's the wrong word. I mean, that well. You no, didn't I have get it. I mean, three other two sure. guitars to contend with.
1: Uh, well, we we really only tour with one guitar at a time. Okay, so yeah, well, I'm glad you were on our trip. Well, well, thanks. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun
0: night. That was a really Good fun night. So. If you want to play me out, you can play me out, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I've had a wonderful talk with you. Should I just play
1: under you while you talk? (laughs)
0: You can in a minute. Okay. I've had a wonderful talk with you today and uh, got some insights about you that I think everybody will appreciate, and I I definitely want to give a shout-out for everybody to go and look at Mark Lettieri's music. Yes, please. Not just (laughs) Sharky Puppy. Um, You can find his music at MarkLaterry.com. And anything else that we come up with after we stop rolling, I will put into the description of the podcast. Cool. Is there anything you want to say in your behalf, Adman?
1: Let's (laughs) see. Well, you can follow me on all social media and check out my website where I post all my tour dates. Um, I have a new album, it's kind of new, it came out in August, called Live at the Iridium. Well, it's Out by Midnight, Live at the Iridium, which is a really fun live record that I did with my band, the Mark Letturi Group, uh, playing, I think it's got 14 songs on it from almost my entire catalog. Uh, We recorded two nights at the Iridium. um, I've heard it, it's great. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I should have another Mark Letturi solo album next spring. So stay tuned, Yeah. yeah. All right
0: Well thank you so much sir Sure man Let's call this a wrap Thank you all for uh, You're welcome Thank you Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of Music the Bed of Life You will find Mark's interview coming out soon Very soon Thank you sir
1: Sweet Have a great evening anyway <laughs> there's your groove yes yeah i can loop that too okay there you go <laughs> all uh, right loyalty. mark thank you so much man thanks tony great talking with you man i'm glad we got time to do this
0: yes me too so so much appreciate you keep it up mm, yeah we will
1: it. do yeah stay in touch man all right i'll let you know next time when i'm in the desert
0: yeah please so i don't want to miss any of that um, all and right. when you're touring with your group
1: yes sir we we we're do it to do a show down there for sure. So, we'll work it out.
0: Come on down like in February.
1: It's beautiful. Okay. Maybe we will. Yeah. Never know. All right. All right, man. I'll Thanks. talk to you later. Have See a good one. You Bye. Too. Bye. Music is
0: the bad. Music is the bad. Music is the bad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simuel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen.